1: today is Ken Dorsey day welcome back to Cleveland Ken Dorsey I thought it was funny hearing you know Ken's uh, press conference um for about uh, it was about 30 minutes during Baskin and Phelps today and that sounds like I'm going to to take a shot at Baskin and Phelps I'm not but I I I was listening to it and I do think it was funny that you know somebody was like ah does it feel familiar and he's like yeah no they've they've kind of reworked this it does not feel familiar to me and then I thought back to how many times they've redone the building in Berea and there was a moment there where it was literally every two years and you'd walk in and would look and maybe not completely different but if you go from where it was at the beginning of the Mangini era actually sorry at the Romeo era to where it was when Ken Dorsey came back I would imagine it looked quite different much like the Browns organization itself but there were some instant things that I thought stood out at the Ken Dorsey press conference and as always, we we throw it out to you guys, 216-474-0092. Did what you hear from Ken Dorsey today make you feel better? Did it did it get you jazzed up for this hire? I still think this is a pretty middle of the road hire. Right? Where Jim Jim Schwartz last year, guys, even before the press conference, you heard you, you looked at the resume, you looked at the system, how it fit miles, how it fit your cornerbacks, and you thought to yourself. There's no way this hire doesn't work out. The Ken Dorsey hire, yeah. There's some really good things, right? Uh, his history with with two guys who can run the hell, run like hell, like Josh Allen and Cam Newton. There's also some some things that are like, oh, that's interesting, including the fact his last two jobs, he's been fired as the OC in Buffalo and now as the quarterbacks or previously as the quarterbacks coach in Carolina. Coaches get fired all the time. Not the biggest thing in the world, but again. Kind of a middle-of-the-road hire. Ken Dorsey earned a fan today. When he refused at any point to say Sean McDermott, his old uh, head coach in Buffalo's name, I believe he referred to him in Nebulous as the head coach. When the head coach decides to make a decision, you don't really have a lot of power over that. There's very few people in this world that I will give the Voldemort treatment. You will just never hear their name. I will, and I'm not talking about just on air because there's more names I won't say on air just because of an awkward situation or me not wanting to kick the hornet's nest. But like off air, very few Voldemorts in my life. There's a few. And so it's the kind of petty that I can get behind. Most pettiness kind of just annoys me because it's not, it just doesn't matter. But like Ken Dorsey got murked halfway through the season. The offense was pretty much the same. Josh Allen just stopped throwing interceptions. And everybody acted like uh, Joe Brady split the atom for the first time and that Ken Dorsey must have been a a schmuck of epic proportions. So I like that on the heels of the Ty Dunn piece three months ago, I like that Ken Dorsey still petty about that. There's a window when we get fired. There is a window that you can go ahead and be petty in after getting fired and Ken Dorsey still in it. It's different for every business, by the way. Um... Now, this one might sound out of pocket. My other, well, okay, there's a few big takeaways, but my second first impression of the press conference today is one guy sounds a lot more like a head coach than the other guy. And that's not, the, the guy who sounds most like a head coach isn't your head coach, Kevin Stefanski. That doesn't mean he isn't a head coach. He is. And Kevin answered almost every conceivable question I had about him this year. Winning with five different quarterbacks, well, winning with four different quarterbacks and then starting Jeff Driscoll. Um, I'm still not over that. still not over the week, week 18 loss. It mattered I'm, and I was right on that. I was proven right with how they got the their booties kicked in the playoffs. I'm still upset. I have a right to be upset. I'm still in the window of being upset. However, um, at some point, Kevin just needs to stop caring and and this is this is a bigger picture Brown's thing. at some point, they need to understand. The messaging just doesn't matter that much. Like, there are two things you can do that are going to sell tickets and make fans happy. The first is you can win every press conference you want. And and everybody from Jimmy Haslam all the way down to the water boy can have the same messaging. It does not mean a single darn thing if you don't win. And the Browns are the Browns are coming off an 11-win season. Yeah, the playoffs are a bit of a disappointment, but, like, guys... This is a moment where you don't have to sound like Kevin today and Kevin in some of his press conferences sounds like there's a camera in front of him and three gunmen behind him when he's got a script that he's got to get to. It's just not that serious. And Kevin likes to talk Well, I grew up at WIP. It's Cleveland. If you win, people are going to be nicer to you. If you lose, people are going to be meaner than you are meaner to you. It's, it's kind of just basic Midwestern like, yeah, read-the-room kind of situation. And so that brings me to what I think is my third point. By the way, Kevin's a good head coach. Kevin is one. I appreciate Kevin. I just would like it if he could just loosen the tie a little bit and just relax. You're you're One, you're good-looking. That goes far in any line of work. Two, you're smart as hell. That goes, li- goes far in any line of work. And just in general, we can just relax. The Browns can just relax. You're gonna get criticized on something. It's okay. In the end, it doesn't mean it does. It literally means nothing. Like this idea that criticism is the big boogeyman, guys. Fans don't. Fans are never gonna love anything unless you win the Super Bowl. And even then, there's gonna be one guy that's like, I would have done it this way. It, it. It's okay. But that brings us to what I think was just peak silliness, and that was Kevin Stefanski in his two minute terse, tense. Uh, I got to say the right thing, opening monologue before he introduced uh, Ken Dorsey talking about play calling and building the offense. Play calling, which I know everybody wants to talk about. We'll get there. It's February 5th. What's most important, what I'm looking forward to the most is putting this offense back together with Ken, really leading the charge. And and that's why he's here. I love Kevin Stefanski dropping February 5th as if that's just, come on guys, it's too early to talk about who's going to call the plays. It's February 5th. Everybody knows that's a February 9th topic. Everybody knows that that is a February twenty fifth topic. And I, listen, I'm going to leave room open for the fact that there's a there's going to be a moment where Ken after or Kevin after all the the, the 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 hires have been announced that we hear specifically from Kevin. That's at least the way the Browns have set it up. Can we just admit it does not take eight months to find out who's going to be calling plays? Can we just all agree that we're The Browns are probably pretty sure at this moment who's going to call plays. And the only reason why you don't is some goofy, weird, unnecessary paranoia about the questions it might lead to to your new offensive coordinator who sounds a hell of a lot more polished than anybody in that organization that we hear talk other than Andrew Barry. So, like, what are we doing here? Like, this is just one of those things where the easiest, and here's the thing, guys. Yes, fans will have different reactions, and media is going to have different reaction, and people are going to build narratives around who calls the plays. Who cares? You're in the offseason. And when it comes to this decision, who calls the plays absolutely does matter. And it's funny when people go, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Okay, to who? Because I do think when you start thinking about what's gone wrong with Deshaun the last couple years and what you can do better with Deshaun moving forward, who calling plays has mattered the last two years. Who called plays in Houston has mattered. It doesn't mean the sky is falling. It doesn't mean that if this doesn't work out this year, fire everybody, although that could be with the way that Jimmy Haslam's thinking or the way Paul DePodesta's thinking. It, it doesn't mean automatically that's how people in Cleveland are thinking though and so I just thought it was the easiest layup and this is like guys this is me speaking directly to the Browns organization because I can be critical of everybody there but there's nobody I loathe in that organization I, I it might be a little might be a little too many people too many cooks in the kitchen but that's a personal opinion guys. You had the easiest layup. I watched, uh, I watched 10-year-olds play basketball over the weekend. Nobody hits an easy layup. Nobody can. And that reminds me of this. With, the easiest layup is uh, Kevin's going to call plays. The easiest layup is Ken's going to call plays. And then we'll talk about it. But by and large, nothing will change. But the people who will like it will love that. The people who will hate it, ah, they'll grumble for a little bit and then forget about it until we talk about it in, I don't know, October 1st. But the idea of uh, February, it's February 5th, guys. Come on. Just what are we doing? This is, this is not, not national secrets, okay? This is not in the Book of Secrets, uh, in the Nicolas Cage movie, the, the second uh, national treasure movie. It's really okay. Just take that available victory lap when you get it.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.